0: Hi, everyone. I am back from vacation, back to reality, and right back to work. Actually, last week we had our first Facebook live chat session for consenting adults. It was a lot of fun. So, if you missed it, try to catch our next one. Uh, We had guests who were on the podcast joining us to talk about anything that's changed. One person did have a breakup, told us about that. We also talked to guests whose episodes haven't aired yet. So, lots of fun talk. Uh, And then, of course, there were You know, the vanilla people, the rest of us who were joining in on the conversation. Um, One guy was so vanilla, he didn't know what vanilla meant. He actually thought we were talking about white people. (laughs) So we told him what vanilla meant. Uh, There were also a couple of comments that might have been insulting or a little upsetting about last week's episode, The Swinging Ladies, about the lesbians and the lifestyle. One guy said, wait a second, so they're lesbians. They say they don't want a man, but they're playing with strap buns and dildos, so really they do want a penis. Well, I don't have to be a lesbian to know that it's the man connected to the penis that they have issues with. Uh, And another guy, uh, kind of along the same lines, said, these lesbians just want a man, they just can't admit it. I kind of know these two guys, so I know that they weren't trying to be disrespectful or mean. It's just how they really think. And I think by the end of it, they were able to see it from a different point of view and understood it better. So anytime you can have a conversation with someone and kind of open their horizons, you know, open their minds to other possibilities then that is a conversation worth having. So join us next time. Just follow us on Consent Adults on Twitter. Find me on Facebook. We'll be announcing when our next uh, Facebook Live is and uh, and join in on the conversation. All right, let's get to today's guest. A lot of the women I talk to on the show are in their 40s and 50s. Um, no one really looks forward to menopause. I haven't heard a lot of great things about it. But today's guest says... Her libido is now off the charts. She is more multi-orgasmic, taught herself to be,
1: and has found ways
0: to orgasm most women don't even know about.
1: There is a line from my nipple down to my vagina, specifically my clit, really. Where if someone is stimulating me in a particular way, I will orgasm. And it's, it's, it's a shudder. It's, a, it's the, the, the clenching. Get ready. This is Consenting Adults. The conversations you are about to hear are intended for mature audiences.
0: Today, we are talking to Anne, who's 50 years old, a web designer, and she's married and has a boyfriend. <laughs> we are not using your real name because there are people in your life who want to keep this confidential. And I'm sure that there are maybe friends or co-workers or people in the professional world or whoever who may not approve of the lifestyle that you lead. It's entirely possible. Tell me a little bit about your situation. How long have you been married?
1: I've been married for about 10 years. Does he know you have a boyfriend? Well, yes. (laughs) Okay, so he knows. I am a fan of open communication. Okay. There's a difference to me between cheating and polyamory, so.
0: Does he approve that you have a boyfriend? He's working on it. How long have you had this boyfriend?
1: Uh, It's a fairly recent relationship, although it's someone that I've known for probably 15 to 20 years. So you were happily married. Yes. How
0: did this boyfriend thing come
1: up? (laughs) Um, I've always identified as polyamorous. um, And to me, it's uh, something of a spectrum and not necessarily a lifestyle choice. Uh, When I hooked up with my husband, he was initially okay with me being poly and got uncomfortable with it as we got more serious. And I said, okay, I'll try being monogamous for a while. And I was monogamous for about 15 years. That's actually a very
0: long time for someone who, I mean, that wasn't your thing, right?
1: No, it wasn't. I, I was one of those people when I discovered that poly was a thing. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. It had a name. It had a name. And there were other people who did that. And I wasn't just weird. I tend to love more than one person at a time. Being in a monogamous structure of a relationship is dissonant, uncomfortable for me. It's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Uncomfortable meaning you found like you maybe had to restrain yourself too much or just
1: well, not I, be the... I, I suspect anyone in a monogamous relationship restrains themselves so <laughs> Let's be realistic. They're supposed to. <laughs> right. I think the easiest way to explain it is when I am practicing or actively polyamorous, I feel more complete. I feel happier. And when I am practicing monogamy... I tend to have more anxiety attacks, honestly, in social situations. Help me understand why, at that point,
0: your soon-to-be husband was not into this polyamory thing. Why did you marry him if you knew that he wasn't into it?
1: Well, my idea was, I will do this for you until you understand that I'm not leaving.
0: So you thought that maybe he would change?
1: I thought that maybe he would get more comfortable with it, that, that he would hit a point where he understood that I'm, I'm in here for the long haul. And then I'm not going anywhere. And then we could renegotiate the terms of our relationship, as it were.
0: So how long were you married before you decided to add a boyfriend to the mix?
1: We'd been married for, I don't know, probably three or four years before I voiced an interest in maybe opening up the relationship a little bit, uh, mostly on a sexual level. And we came up with an agreement where if I wanted to be with someone, I would talk to him face-to-face beforehand and we would find an understanding. And I invoked that a couple of times over the years. And last- were they relationships or were they kind of just yeah. like one-night stands? So you you were so it was a hall pass is what you worked out with him. <laughs> if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were always people that I knew that both of us knew and were comfortable with. They were friends. Okay. Was he really comfortable with it? He never voiced any discomfort until fairly recently. Last spring I voiced an interest in a sexual relationship with a friend and he got a little more uncomfortable possibly because this actually became a thing previously when I had voiced interest and gotten the hall pass it hadn't fully gone anywhere and this time around I thought everything was good and he got uncomfortable very rapidly that petered out anyway and I had been spending a lot of time with an old friend was starting to feel stuff. We went to a an event. It was in a dungeon. So there was...
0: Wait a second. Did you have to make a reservation? In a,
1: in a dungeon? What are you talking about, woman? So um, it was a BDSM club, essentially. They're called Dungeons. Oh. Uh, a friend of mine was DJing there. I wanted to go support my friend. And I invited this guy and got up the nerve to ask him if he would be interested in playing. He got up the nerve to say yes. <laughs> and, um asked if it was in the parameters of my relationship. He's really good about boundaries. So my agreement with my husband, as far as hall passes and that sort of thing, is I can make out with other people, it's not a big deal. He can also make out with other people, it's not a big deal.
0: Now, has he ever taken you up on that?
1: I don't know, don't really care. (laughs) He's never done it in my presence.
0: The agreement wasn't that he had to discuss it
1: with you before he did anything? making out was not part of the, there has to be a face-to-face conversation. The face-to-face conversation is specifically uh, oral, anal, vaginal contact. I've made out with people, and there's been some, what I think of as sensory play, you know, light touching, little hair pulling, that kind of stuff. Well, at what point
0: was it more than just a hall pass? At what point did you realize you have another relationship going in addition to your
1: marriage? I talked to my husband who was out of town and I said, I want to go to this party. I would like to play. And I just wanted to make sure that you were okay with that because it didn't involve intercourse of any sort or any heavy duty sexual activity. I figured it was within the boundaries of our relationship, but out of courtesy. And because the person I was going to be playing with had asked, I was double checking. And he said, yes, but anything further than that has to be face to face. We have to have to face to face conversation. I said, of course. In the course of going to this event, uh, my future boyfriend was asking sort of where, where the boundaries were and what the parameters were. And I said, well, we can make out. And all of a sudden, like, stuff shifted. You know, he, he's... In his pants? What do you mean stuff shifted? <laughs> well, possibly. I don't know. I didn't ask. He had, until that point, been very reserved. All of a sudden, he warmed up a lot. So
0: he wanted more than just the regular making out that you were allowed to do. Yes.
1: And when my husband came back into town, we had a conversation about it. His initial response was, yeah, he's less weird than the last guy you hooked up (laughs) (laughs) with. And so we started to develop a relationship. And very quickly, my husband became very uncomfortable and- uh, Jealous? Triggered. Like there was something going on. He wasn't reacting to the current situation.
0: Well, explain that because how do you know that's not jealousy?
1: Well, I'm sure there was some jealousy there, but his reaction was disproportionate to events. He, he lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> like temper? Yeah. And, and started requesting a lot of boundaries. And because I wanted him to get comfortable with this, I agreed. And the request for boundaries got stronger and stronger. What kind of requests are we talking about? Uh, It's now at the point (laughs) where I probably had more exciting dates when I was 13. So you can kiss. We can kiss. uh, We can do some playing. uh, No bikini areas at all. I hope it feels good on your arm, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) We have a continuing discussion going on, and there's continuing negotiations going on. And the three of us have sat down and had some conversations. I've even uh, had uh, a neutral third party come in and do some mediation between myself and my husband. And things are getting better. So you had like a sexual mediation? Yeah. It's a relationship mediation. It's just another relationship issue as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Okay. He seems to be loosening up somewhat. And I do anticipate that things will shift in the future. We're both on the same page as far as we are perfect partners for each other in our marriage. We don't fight. We travel well together. We like the same movies. We like the same music. We are very well matched. Except for the fact that you need (laughs) something else and someone else. And my stance continues to be, this is an and, not an or. And he has voiced on a number of occasions being willing to find a level of comfortability with this.
0: Did you ever suggest to him, or do you think it might get better for you guys if he finds someone that captures his interest the
1: way this guy has captured yours? I would be fine with that. As far as I can tell, he doesn't really identify as poly and might never. How about not poly? How about just open
0: marriage where do you think it would be better for you guys if he was like out having sex with other women?
1: He has such a monogamous sort of focus that I don't know how well that would work for him. Do you share any
0: of your exploits with him? Verbally? Like, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, part of the uh, boundaries right now is that I come home and essentially debrief him.
0: How does he react to hearing about it? I mean, does he get turned on or does he get
1: triggered? I wish he would get turned on by <laughs> it. It would make things so, so much, much easier. easier. Well, and, and part of, another part of my argument has been when I'm having more sex, I want more sex. Uh, Last spring when I hooked up with uh, my friend, all of a sudden my husband and I started having sex one to three times a day. And I was like, you're getting more here. (laughs) (laughs) You're not losing anything. In fact, you know, it's improving our relationship. Did he buy it? I don't know if he's fully conscious of the correlation. I I mean, I keep telling him when I have good sex, I want more sex. And he knows that from our relationship. I, I just, I don't know where the disconnect is for him.
0: So the situation with your marriage right now is you're working on these boundaries. You're working
1: on these rules.
0: Does he show any signs of coming
1: around like you thought he would? Yes. Uh, It's slow. It's not as fast as I would like, for sure. And he's definitely trying. I have voiced him that as long as I know that you're trying and you're willing to make an effort, I'm a lot more comfortable. When I feel that there's a stagnation going on, I get very uncomfortable. Have you thought of
0: what you would do if he never comes around? What if one day he says to you, listen, I I can't do this and I can't have you doing this? What if you have to make the choice?
1: That's a rough one. I can't say for sure what I would do because it hasn't happened yet, Uh, but But it
0: would be challenging. Knowing what you know about yourself, Mm -hmm. what you want, what you need, do you think you could be married to a person and stay monogamous after you've had a taste of this other life?
1: I feel very strongly that he loves me enough that he's going to continue to try to find a way to be okay with this. I really do think there's a fear that he, he, of his that I'm leaving. And so I keep just reiterating, I'm not going anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: wouldn't have married you if I was going anywhere. So does your husband equate sex with love? He equates sex with intimacy, which is fascinating because he's created these boundaries with the boyfriend where we're having what I consider to be lots of emotionally intimate moments. And no sex. And I'm like, you realize that if we were having intercourse, we might burn out on this and it would be (laughs) done. (laughs) But you're creating the situation where we're being very intimate with each other on an emotional level. And you may be shooting yourself in the foot here.
0: Give me an example of some of these boundaries where he says it's okay, but to you, it's a little more intimate than sex itself.
1: Sensory play and figuring out like on a minute level, what your partner likes and responds to without having intercourse on the table, is more intimate. And there's there's an emotional connection that happens when you're reading your partner and figuring out like, oh, okay, when I touch you on the neck here, that elicits a stronger response than oh, when I touch you on the shoulder here. It's a learning of your partner on a level that doesn't always happen when you're just having sex.
0: Okay, so he's okay with kissing, touching... What about oral sex?
1: No, no oral sex. Uh, Like I said, no no bikini areas.
0: Oh, so even when you touch, you can't touch. Mm -hmm. Wow, I I hope you're wearing a bikini and not a (laughs) (laughs) one-piece. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Has he ever made the effort to go out and enjoy himself so that he's not thinking about what you may be doing, little Missy? Well, one
1: of the boundaries that I set... And I'm starting to feel like maybe I need to adjust this. But one of the boundaries that I set was I was only going to go hang out with my boyfriend when my husband was doing something else. The challenge is that a lot of his work occurs on the weekends and my boyfriend has his son on the weekends. Mm. So that needs to be renegotiated, I believe.
0: Have you ever hung out with a boyfriend without letting the husband know? No. Have you broken other rules? No. So you're saying that when you're getting hot and heavy with the boyfriend because it's so intimate, the things that you guys are doing, that his hand never
1: straight into the bikini area? <laughs> Absolutely. So as I said before, the boyfriend is super conscientious about boundaries. And even if I wanted him to, he would not cross that line knowing what the line is. So and your
0: your boyfriend is policing the boundaries? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. That's he impressive. Is, he
1: is in my husband's corner on this. He has been in a situation where he was a primary and lost someone to the secondary. And so he absolutely understands the fear that my husband is having. For us
0: boring people who don't understand or know, <laughs> can, you, uh, can you kind of explain what this primary, secondary...
1: Sure. Um Not all poly relationships are based on a hierarchy, but when they are, your primary partner is someone that you are fully committed to, who you may live with. And then a secondary would be someone uh, who has less of your time, less of your energy. Does it then move down like...
0: Their secondary is there a third dairy
1: <laughs> a tertiary um, there there can be I I probably wouldn't want to have to coordinate with more than two so we're coordinating three people's schedules this is Los Angeles that's a lot
0: <laughs> it's like you need a planner to keep your lives sure. in order and, and figure out time for each other Google
1: Calendar has been a boon to everyone <laughs> I know who has a polling relationship <laughs> so we've established that this is who you are yes. It's really not who your husband is? Not that I'm aware of. He's never really shown any indication of being polyamorous. But you knew that before you married him? Yes. And you still married him? I dig him. He's kind of (laughs) cool.
0: And he'd be cooler if he just let you have sex with whoever you wanted to have sex with?
1: Well, I'm probably not the only person who feels that way. Um, So you
0: love your husband? Absolutely. What is it about how you feel or whatever that prevents you from then just being with just your husband?
1: Well, I've done it for 15 years. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess there's there's nothing... There's no medal for that.
0: <laughs> no, there should be though. I want a gold
1: star, <laughs> damn it. Uh, there's nothing that necessarily prevents me from doing that. I just know that my soul feels more fed, if you will. I am more comfortable in my own skin when... I am not forcing myself into a a, a monogamous box, if you will.
0: Did you find yourself living more freely as a polyamorous person as you got older?
1: Yes, but I found myself getting more comfortable with who I was as I got older to begin with. That's actually the greatest
0: thing about getting older. Oh,
1: oh, yeah. No, and like, no one hit, knows it. This is our I hit, big secret.
0: When Do I not hit, tell anybody. When I
1: hit perimenopause, all of my fucks went away, if you will. You know, I was like, I'm So you ahead. had no more to give? Exactly. <laughs> my field of fucks, behold, it is barren. Uh, I, I stopped really caring, with a few exceptions, uh, family, that sort of thing, about what people thought.
0: Most 30-something-year-olds think like life is over after 40s. <laughs>
1: Well, I was surprised when I hit thirty. So I was I was on a path where I didn't actually anticipate making it to thirty. And so I'm like 20 years past my expiration date. I'm
0: like, okay. So 40. and then now 50. Any thoughts on being 50, especially as a really sexual
1: person? I don't think I look fifty. Mm-mm. A lot of my friends are younger. My husband is six years younger than I am. Oh, my boyfriend is also younger than I am. We're all fairly we fit into what I would think of as counterculture. A lot of them are artists. And even if they're not, they they have a creative expression. They are into not being part of the mainstream. And so the mainstream idea of what is 50 doesn't, doesn't dive for yeah. you. No, absolutely
0: not. Do you think that as people grow older, this kind of a lifestyle, meaning the open marriage or the hall pass or the swinging or the polyamory stuff, is a lot easier to get into, a lot
1: easier to survive. Because they don't care what other people think. So that's part of it, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. There's. I think what keeps a lot of people in monogamy or makes them just cheat as opposed to having the conversation is because they think that that's what society expects of them. You get to a certain age and people are like, whatever. Um, But isn't there also a maturity level? Possibly. Well, I mean, I think that negotiation and consideration and and being willing to be the adult in the room, and if you have two or three people who are all willing to be the adult in the room, things go much more smoothly. I, I have some friends who are in the polyamorous community who haven't quite figured out how to let go of drama. Well, that's good to know that it's not, because
0: so far, everyone I've talked to has had great experiences. Oh,
1: sure. I have a friend who sort of has the Doritos approach to partners. Uh, If I get jealous, I need to add another partner and that way my focus will be shifted. Huh? Most of her partners are strictly sexual. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's easier if you're just having sex. Uh, I don't tend to hang out a lot with the people who are stuck in whatever box society handed them. The monogamy box? Well, the monogamy box or or any sort of box, you know, like I have to be straight, I have to be, you know, monogamous. If you were
0: walking down the street, if you were teaching my kids at school, no one would ever think
1: that you've got this wild side. Well, I mean, how much do you think about what other people do in the bedroom to begin with? Well, I don't want to be thinking about my kids' teachers in the back. <laughs> and I will tell you what, third grade teachers <laughs> are crazy.
0: I know some teachers and they are nuts.
1: Oh, like in a good way. I mean like No no, meaning they're wild. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean there's there's a band, a punk band called Third Grade Teacher, who like are based on like sexuality. The people who I always thought
0: were conservative, who always came off as very straight laced. I mean, they're the wildest people behind closed doors than than people who you oh, they're wild. And I used to have an ex boyfriend who Everyone thought was a partier. He had this way about him. It was the life of the party. Totally vanilla. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would joke about a threesome, and he would honestly get mad at me. And he'd be like, listen, if you're into that, tell me now, because I'm going to— And it's so opposite of, you know— We're all walking around with masks on. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I think that everyone is walking around not presenting as their true self. And so it's very refreshing when you come into a community where everyone is just happy being them.
0: Can we briefly, because there's no time in this show to go through (laughs) everything that you're into. Sure. Tell me all the different things that that kind of float your boat.
1: Bondage, uh, Rope play, especially shibari, uh, which is a Japanese word for artistic rope play. Okay,
0: uh, I might have to stop you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you emailed me rope play the
0: first time because the P and the L are very close together, I thought it was a typo. <laughs> No. When you told me a second time, I'm like, no, this girl is into rope play. What is that?
1: Tied up for tied up sake, as opposed to as a prelude or part of something larger. So to me, the act of being tied up, especially with fancy knots and a lot of attention, is very sensual and very soothing. Like it's soothing for the lizard brain. I don't know how else to put it. What else are you into? Um, Some light impact play. So spanking, uh, maybe a flogger or something like that. I'm very sensual. So anything that stimulates the skin is especially interesting to me. Some dominance. uh, my, My boyfriend is actually my dom. There's something very freeing about trusting someone so much to hold the appropriate boundaries that you can just let go and let them be in charge.
0: Do you have a safe word? Yes. Is it more than one syllable? Yes.
1: Can you tell me what it is?
0: (laughs) I'm always curious to know.
1: Avocado. Avocado? I love avocado. Are are you going to say avocado in any kind of like sexual situation? Usually not. I'm a foodie. (laughs) Well, I am a foodie too, but in a (laughs) sexual way, no.
0: So avocado. All right. Hey, that's a good one. And I'm told that you should have like, it should be more than one syllable.
1: Yes, the the other option, and actually what I'm currently using with my boyfriend, come to think of it, is uh, red, yellow, green. So green is fine. Yellow is I'm starting to get uncomfortable. Red is hard stop. Uh, As someone who has trauma in her background, it's nice to be able to go, I think I'm starting to get triggered so that he can back off and do some appropriate care.
0: Yellow, 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 yellow.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, I'm not going that. If if I'm starting to use that tone of voice and that sense of urgency, I'm probably at red, whether I know it or not.
0: Can I tell you, you're the first guest I've actually had to pull out the Urban Dictionary to figure out what the hell you were talking about.
1: <laughs> and I don't even consider myself very kinky. So. Like the word squick. I you're not familiar with that term. No, squick. It's 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 if something happens and it's uki it's squick. So you're grossed out by it. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But it's it's sort of a visceral reaction, just. You said you squick at bodily
0: fluids. What does that mean?
1: I mean, Uh, things that involve, so sperm is fine. Ejaculate is fine. Oh, okay, because that's the first thing
0: I thought of. And I said, how does she do this?
1: (laughs) No, that's fine. Uh, Saliva is fine. Uh, Anything that's urine or feces or anything like that, I'm so not down for
0: it. We will get along just fine.
1: Uh, Also vomit, not my thing. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, are there people into that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, Anything that you think that there could possibly be someone into it, somebody's going to be into it. Everybody has, you know, it's interesting because kink to me just means your sexual proclivity. And I think everybody has at least one kink. They may not phrase it that way.
0: What maybe one person's kink is like Tuesday night to you, right?
1: And then there are people who do stuff and I'm like, "Mm,
0: not my bag. Yeah. Have you tried anything that you're just like, I'm never doing that again?
1: Harder impact play. So um, more, you know... I, it's, it's, it's harder S&M, harder sadomasochism, so- not my thing. Um, I have never done uh, needle play, but I can already tell you that that's probably not my thing. I, I was with somebody for a while who that was totally their thing. And I was like, you need to do that with somebody else. That I'm not down.
0: Okay. Boring person. Stop again.
1: Needle play? Um, yeah. it's it, For people who are into it, it's usually called sharps play. You know, like if you're at the doctors, they call needles sharps. Yeah. So, um, needles and suspension and, and oh, like <laughs> like the sexual version of a freak show. <laughs> I'm covering
0: up my boobs right now. I, okay. I know what that's you're talking not,
1: about. That's not always where it goes. Right, I mean, right, right. I've, I've been to a, co- a couple of core performances and there's there's large gauge needles like through the back and all kinds of places. Do you think there are people who
0: actually sexually get off on that?
1: Absolutely. Really? Yes. Oh my I know gosh. people who get off on that.
0: Man. I am so vanilla after hearing you talk.
1: (laughs) I mean, I also know furries, so there you go. What? Furries. Furries? People who dress up in mascot-ish type outfits and have sex. All right. (laughs) In fact, a a lot of computer programmers, a lot of people who are in the the computer industry are usually
0: furries. furries. As a web designer, I imagine you might know a few. I do. (laughs) Um, are you menopausal? Did you go through menopause yet?
1: I I'm 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 waiting for my three hundred and sixty-fifth day. <laughs> it's been a while since I've menstruated. Moving into menopause has coincided for me with becoming more sexually active. I mean, I do a lot of supplements and a lot of herbs. The the tea I'm having today is is literally it's a it's a menopause tea that balances out your hormones, helps reduce like hot flashes and stuff like that, but also can raise your libido and raise your um, lubrication level.
0: I think most women are in that boat in that, I don't want to get my period every month anymore. It's such a pain, right? But at the same time, when you hear about what happens to a lot of women- during menopause, you do not want to go through it.
1: The more sexually active you are, the more the less menopause is a problem is what I understand. Like if you're continuing to have sex, you're continuing to have lubrication. You don't dry out. Your walls don't get thin, that sort of stuff. And so it's not as much of a problem, but certainly balancing out your hormones can help. So you're saying if you use it, you're not going to lose it? At least that's my understanding. It's been true for me, but you know. Every once in a while, I'm dry. That's what lube's for. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's true at any age. We have this misconception, probably from porn, that a woman is also supposed always supposed to be wet if she's having sex.
0: And that's not true. Or that she's supposed to be really wet if she's really turned on. That's right. not true either. No,
1: no, absolutely not. But I still have times where it's like, okay, grab a lube. Yeah, there's no shame in it. No. There and is no shame in lube. Absolutely not. At, at
0: what age do you think you became more free to have sex and enjoyed it much more?
1: Probably in my early to mid-twenties. Actually, that's early.
0: Really? Well, I mean, if you think about it, most women have sex for a long time without really enjoying it. Think (laughs) of all the faked orgasms. If we could just bottle fake orgasms (laughs) and
1: power my house. Um, I was sexually active fairly young, and so that may be a part of it. I don't know. I had more practice. Um, But, I mean, I remember I was probably 15 when a boy taught me about clitoral orgasm. I'd already been having sex for about a year, but he taught me about clitoral orgasm. And I was like, this shit is the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do this all the time?
0: You're actually very fortunate because there are a lot of women who don't even orgasm until they're in their 20s. And then it's every once in a while.
1: I'm multi-orgasmic, so if I'm Ooh. that's maybe why I I enjoy like longer sex sessions because it's bam 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 as far as orgasms go. Wait a second. Okay, so tell me about this because not
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that is it really just one after the other. And, and how sure. many? Well,
1: uh, and how does that feel? <laughs> Amazing. No, we'll but start there, but because, you know, it's overwhelming. I mean, wh- when I'm done, if I've had a whole bunch of orgasms, I'm going to lay there like a limp fish for a while.
0: Right. And someone needs to go make you a sandwich, right?
1: Uh, no, but bring me some water. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's, di- it's, it's, it's there's, difficult. There's some rapid fire stuff. There's, there's long ones and there may be a little bit of a gap and, and then they start again, that kind of stuff. Um, it's difficult when
0: I'm having a conversation with a man about an orgasm because we orgasm so d- differently, differently, right? So
1: differently. And, then, and, and women have clitoral orgasms and they have uh, internal G-spot orgasms. And I've actually been known to come like with somebody playing with my nipples or my feet.
0: You're one of those. <laughs> I had a friend and I swear to God, I thought she was just BSing me. She said she had an orgasm from her lover massaging her ankles.
1: Oh, well, there's pressure points on your ankles that, that correspond to the genitalia. So that makes total sense to me. But are they real orgasms? And how do you feel that? I'll, I'll just talk about nipples because it's, it's the most common non-vaginal sort of female orgasm. Um, there is, and it'll switch sides, but there, there is a line from my nipple down to my vagina, where, or specifically my clit, really, where if someone is stimulating me in a particular way, and that also varies a little bit. Uh, I will orgasm, and it's 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 a shudder. It's a it's the 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 clenching. Um, so you still feel it down there? Oh yeah. Wow. Okay, Jennifer,
0: I take all those things back I said about you. I guess it's true.
1: <laughs> You're welcome, Jennifer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this multi being multi orgasmic is it something you learned? Is it something that you can help yourself with, or is it something that just happened one day?
1: I definitely don't think I was necessarily multi-orgasmic when I was young, but again, lots of hangups. So who knows? Although when the guy showed me the, the clitoral orgasm thing, there there were several. That was cool. Yeah. No, that was awesome. Um, I think it's gotten stronger over time. There were a number of years in my marriage where sex was awesome, but it wasn't happening happening very often just because of our schedules and being tired. And, you know, in the last year, as i've gotten more active again it's been i think stronger than it used to be
0: or or more than it used to be so but you're talking in the last year from like 4950 that you're more multi-orgasmic? Absolutely.
1: Um, I do think it's something that I had to teach my body, but I mean, I think we have to teach our bodies to orgasm anyway. At least that's been my experience. Not a lot of people spontaneously orgasm without like some focus or some figuring it out, at least not women. I don't know. Maybe. It's probably
0: the act of letting go. Sure. Absolutely. And and And, allowing yourself
1: to feel it. Like, the more muscle tone you have, like, do do your kegels, ladies. Seriously, the more muscle tone you have, the more likely I'm, you I'm are to be... I'm doing them right now. <laughs> the more likely you are to be multi-orgasmic okay. because it, it's a muscle spasm.
0: What kind of advice would you give to uh, women who are married, 40s, 50s, feeling a little restless in their marriage, mm-hmm. probably have had thoughts that they didn't act upon? How do you approach the husband about, hey, let's... Uh, Let's um, sign a few hall passes or start to
1: look at other <laughs> alternatives here. Well, having the conversation when both people are in a good place emotionally certainly helps. So not, not while fighting. No. <laughs> not bad after. conversation while you're fighting, bad conversation while you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. But hopefully you have good, open, honest communication with your spouse to begin with. Because if you don't have that, the conversation is not going to go very well, in my experience. Nor the lifestyle after that. Sure. Communication is paramount in just a one-on-one relationship. And once you start adding people, even more so. There's likely to be a conversation of, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, like, wouldn't it be cool if we tried this? Or, hey, we haven't tried that yet. Or what do you think of this? And that then allows you to expand the boundaries further. Have you given thought to what
0: happens if you fall in love with this boyfriend? So
1: here's here's my take on love. This might help. So pretend that love is a candle flame, and I have a candle, and it's lit, and I have all my love. I light your candle, and then you have all my love, and I have all my love. And I light a third person's candle, and they have all my love. The second person has all my love, and I have all my love. Love is not finite. Aren't there levels of love? Sure. So can As you love Greeks. one person more than loving another person? Yeah, sure. There's there's people who I would who are on my kidney list, you know. And then there are people who I might help move. And then there's people who I will invite to social gatherings, you know. I mean, there, there's always sort of a gradient of how much do you care about people. Oh yeah, but I'm not
0: talking about people on your kidney list. I'm I'm talking more about like people on your like your penis list. <laughs> So there's no fear in your head that you may love your boyfriend more than you love your husband.
1: More is a weird term to me. Differently, sure, maybe. I mean in in my perfect world I would have like a household polycule, but you know, <laughs> polycule is like a molecule but it's it's people. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But like, you know, a, a, a co-household kind of a thing I think would be amazing. I don't think it's possible with the boyfriend and that's fine, you know, but that's kind of like, you know, I also want to live on Maui in a giant house. So, <laughs> Well, I'm not sure it's possible with the with the husband. But I that, wouldn't want to include him sexually. That's actually already come up. He asked. So your husband wanted to be included with he, you he and the boyfriend. He asked if that was a possibility.
0: He oh, asked wow. if it could be
1: a threesome. So he's okay with that. He just doesn't want to be di- discluded. Mm-hmm. But you don't want that. Not at this time. They have such different styles, such different energies, that it would be a little dissonant for me. Because with the boyfriend, I tend to drop into subspace. I tend to. What, what does in, that mean? A subspace to me is an almost meditative yet sexual state. And with the husband, it's it's different. Yeah, you know, I mean, we have all kinds of fun sex. We we you know we do some kinks and stuff like that. But it's just they have very different energies. Um, I have been in threesome situations where I was very much invested in one of the parties and I would feel the need, especially because I know that this is new for him and might might be uncomfortable. I would feel the need to check in on him way too much and I wouldn't be letting go.
0: Any last thoughts on aging and sex and love and... Getting old
1: is not like the the end of things. And anyone who thinks it is has bought into, you know, mass media or advertising and really stop. Um, Stop caring about what other people think. Don't keep up with the Joneses. Do what you enjoy. And yes, there are ways that you can help support yourself as you get older in terms of like biology and stuff like that. So find out those things, do some research, do some reading, talk to women who are a little bit further down in the path than, than you are and enjoy yourself. You know, it was interesting. I was, oh gosh, I was probably like 10 or something like that. My mother was older and I was talking to a friend of mine's mom and she's like, oh, does your mom have a boyfriend? Because my parents had split up. And I was like, no, she says, you now she's been through menopause. She doesn't need that anymore. And my friend's mom's eyes got huge. And she goes, oh, no, no, that's when it gets more fun. <laughs> <laughs> So she's saying there might be something to
0: look forward to. And thanks for being on the show. And good luck with the ongoing negotiations with the husband. Okay, next time on Consenting Adults. They call themselves the casual swingers. But boy, do they know how to have fun. And the ladies put them in their panties, but they don't know who's controlling it. (laughs) And the guys can all control the Bluetooth panty
1: vibes from surreptitiously from their pockets
0: that's next time on consenting adults